Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss the oldest trick bot in the book, the CISA and FBI warn of ongoing attacks. Next up, the big revel. There's no such thing as safe mode. And finally, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 79, recorded on March 22nd, 2021. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. The pun also rises, LaBelle. With me, co-host Chad, the lesser of two revels, Anderson. And last but not least, Tim, no tricks up these hoodie sleeves, helming. <laughs> these are pretty so good. I always wanted to uh, have some excuse to use the phrase, the lesser of two weevils, like the bugs. <laughs> Somebody's so, leasing them out. So that was used in Master and Commander, uh, the fantastic film. If uh, you remember oh, there. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, they. Uh, he asked someone to choose between the lesser of two weevils in their bread <laughs> while on the ship. I've always, always loved uh, that. Oh, yeah. So that's, all, that's half of the one that I was doing. I was imagining somebody leasing them out because that's just that much sillier. But, uh, oh, but lesser. I get it. I see. Yes, lesser. Yeah. <laughs> Is that I mean, fun? I guess if there was like a weevil fighting ring, you know, perhaps. Oh, um, they could you, be you know, being released. Wanna... Yeah. 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 You'd want to like a good own point. your weevil and lease them out. It's kind of like horses. They'd have really funny names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'd probably like paint them, paint them <laughs> yeah. little shells or something. Mm -hmm. Tiny little weevil jockeys. <laughs> Tiny little weevil jockeys. <laughs> This week on Breaking Badness, Adventures in the Very Small. <laughs> I just hope that uh, that what's her name, Liz from Magic School Bus, shows up. Uh, <laughs> oh, not yeah, the new Miss, one Miss though. Frizzle Don't get me started. Don't get me started. I haven't. I haven't looked into that yet. Nor have I. Do yourself a favor and don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh well man it's good to hear from you two again it's been it's been a week it has and it's what a week. week it's been <laughs> well should we get started on our articles we should probably talk about some cybers all the cybers yes for sure well let's let's talk about our first one today which is the oldest trick bot in the book the Cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency or cisa and the good old Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, warn of some ongoing trickbot attacks. So they released a few um, cautions, we'll say, not only into the wind, but into the cybers. And so, Tim, these appear to be ongoing attacks, and I don't think it would hurt to refresh our audience on trickbot. So what can you tell us about this particular malware and any recent campaigns of note? Sure. So... Probably most of our listeners are familiar, but in case you're not, TrickBot's been around since about 2016, and it's a banking trojan. So as you'd probably guess, it aims to steal from banks, but it can also drain Bitcoin wallets. And it also uses Mimikatz to harvest credentials. And it is frequently used to download Emotad or Ryuk or name your famous ransomware. So it is a multi-trick bot for sure. Uh, and uh, if you look at that CISA advisory, and we'll link to that in the in the show notes, you'll see that there's a the set of MITRE techniques that this thing carries out 
requires some scrolling on the page to get through. So, and it's not like in a giant font either. So there's a lot of stuff with this. Um, but one of the distinguishing features of TrickBot is that it continues to evolve. Uh, the authors keep adding new modular features and capabilities. And um, one interesting thing about it is its use of compromised wireless routers for its C2. And there are a whole lot of those available. We could do like an entire month of shows just based on home router vulnerabilities, but I digress. You mean you egress? <laughs> <laughs> Filter that. <laughs> that did sound like the start of an as seen on TV commercial there when you're starting <laughs> TrickBot. Also frequently seen with Emotet, Ryuk, and other famous ransomware. That's right. We're waiting on the lines for you. Call now. <laughs> That's right. Operators are standing by. <laughs> and they sure are, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just operating ransomware. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm also curious because there was some news back in October about security firms dismantling C2 infrastructure. So can you tell us a little bit about this and does it minimize any of the risk or uh, concerns from this recent warning? Yeah, uh, our listeners might recall how Microsoft and others took some legal action to shut down chunks of TrickBot's C2. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure we talked about it on Unbreaking Badness when that happened. Um, but at that time, the big concern that they were citing was uh, election inter uh, interference worries um, and ransomware attached to that. But obviously that shutdown or partial shutdown certainly would have hampered the financial operations that TrickBot uh, was involved with as well. And it was a good thing, but I'm pretty sure all of us knew that that wasn't just the death knell for this malware. Tim, why is it you think, or I should say, what is the number one penalty in a football game played by antennas? A football game played by antennas. Wow, this I feel like this probably has a connection to TrickBot, but I am uh, <laughs> I'm going to let you go ahead and answer your own question there, Kelsey, because I don't think I'm qualified to answer that. One. <laughs> interference, pass interference. You know, as a radio guy, I really should have gotten that. <laughs> well done. Oh. Well done. That's like the the classic pun around antennas was, did you hear about the two antennas that got married? The wedding was horrible, but the reception was great. Uh, <laughs> yes, actually, I True story. that one. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with me. <laughs> oh, it is gosh. a joy and a delight. <laughs> I've got this recorded. I'm going to listen to that every morning. That'll be my pump up, is you saying that in response to my puns. Two, there you go. Your Chad's daily dismay. affirmation. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, I'd pay good money for you to read my daily affirmation. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Um, okay, well, Tim, fast forward to current day <laughs> before I dig myself into a bigger hole here. What do the CISA and FBI know about these recent attacks leveraging TrickBot? Yeah, so the advisory specifically calls out a spear phishing campaign, uh, which is designed to get the victim to download TrickBot. Um, and this campaign seems to be primarily targeting North American organizations. And the lure is of a uh, notice of traffic violation, uh, meaning like road traffic, not internet traffic. <laughs> that sounds like a perfumery. Like traffic you know. violation? <laughs> Allure. 
a fishing lure <laughs> oh, <laughs> for yes. thread actors. Sniff out thread actors with a lure. You know, yes. there's something there. Um, well, okay. I'm just curious to dive in a little deeper on the spearfishing campaign. What is the impact of, of the variant seen in the wild? And maybe walk through what happens with that spearfishing email. Well, as we've seen, there's a pretty wide range of things that could happen to anybody who installs TrickBot. Now, with this specific campaign, the link in the email, uh, which says it has proof that you've committed a traffic violation, the link is to a website which is sitting on a compromised server, meaning it wasn't purpose-built infrastructure for this, but uh, something that they managed to compromise. It has a link to supposed photographic proof of your traffic violation, but Instead, it downloads a malicious JavaScript file that establishes C2 uh, communications. And then from there, the advisory didn't have a lot to say about which specific goodies are going to be installed, but it does list some examples of some of the follow-on uh, payloads that might be installed and run. Uh, did I mention that it can load a crypto miner? Um, it uses SMB to move laterally. Stop me if you're getting bored. This thing does a lot. Back to the as seen on TV. <laughs> As heard on Breaking Venice. Wow, Tim, thank you for that download. No pun intended. And I'm curious, Chad, after hearing Tim talk through this uh, TrickBot's new bag of tricks, if you will, how would you rate that on the hoodie rating, which is for our new listeners from zero to 10 cliche hacker hoodies, 10 being very, very bad. Yeah, you know, TrickBot continues to be um, uh, an evolving malware. And of course, it leads um, both TrickBot and CakeTap uh, to Ryuk and Conti infections and, um, you know, many other common ransomware variants, uh, you know, Emotet as well. Um, so, you know, with TrickBot uh, constantly evolving, um, constantly being interesting, new samples coming out all the time um, and being a very... Uh, pervasive and just a capable um, piece of malware, you know, it's pretty advanced. Uh, I, you know, just keep TrickBot around seven out of 10 at all times. Um, you know, it's always an interesting thing to come across a new sample and see what they've added. At our Costco sample signature store, superstore. That's a great idea. I think my, uh, my ransomware family or my malware family is going to be called Kirkland <laughs> um, bot. It's going to be great. I'm just imagining you. Free samples. <laughs> Free samples. <laughs> the ransomware family. Dog. Are you in the family? You know, something. Yeah. I'll send them a packet they can't refuse. <laughs> so as an aside, I, I uh, have hoped that Costco would get into the uh, space lift, civilian space lift uh, business also uh, to compete with the likes of SpaceX and... Uh, whatever the other ones are, because I want to see a Kirkland signature rocket. Ooh. But uh, I was I was going to rate this a little bit lower, thinking that, well, that, you know, some standard uh, defenses should be able to keep a lot of folks uh, safe from TrickBot. But, you know, thinking about like that they're using compromised servers and stuff, which means that those servers might not show up on typical block listing kind of things. Um, yeah, they they uh I'll go I'll go higher. I'll I'll go to 6 and uh I don't know, I could probably be talked up to 7, but just to keep things different, I'll uh, I'll go 6 on this one. But yeah, they're they're just going to keep on evolving and you know, I think with that probably their their risk level really fluctuates because they'll come out with something new that's pretty scary for a while and then we figure out how to do something about it and it gets a little less scary and so on the cycle repeats. <laughs> 
it's a tom and jerry situation for sure all right well tim thank you for to diving into trickbot there and i think it's time to fancy fancy on over to our next article which is the big reveal so reveal ransomware uh, their operation has added a new ability to encrypt files in Windows safe mode, likely to evade detection by security software and for greater success when encrypting files. So, Chad, it's time for another history lesson. Could you provide just a, a little bit more information about Reveal? Because I know it comes up quite a bit on the podcast, but I never think it hurts to talk through that. Certainly. Yeah. It's been a minute since we've seen something new from them, too. Um, or from, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of other things going on, on the internet, so maybe that's why we uh, haven't paid as much attention to Revil. But in any case, uh, Revil's a malware family that's based off of uh, Gancrab originally, um, and it's oftentimes called Sodenokibi as well. I don't even know if I pronounced that right, but um, you know, it sounds great enough. Uh, it's one of the, I believe they may have even been the first ransomware as a service offering or RAS um, that has a kind of pyramid scheme of workers that pass money up the chain. You become an affiliate for the Revil ransomware group, and then you spend something like 30% of the cut of your ransom, um, I think it's between 20 and 30%, goes up to the people who wrote the malware. Um, so the people who are at the top um, are estimated to be making around $100 million a year in some cases. So um, pretty impressive numbers there. Uh, for a time last year, Revil was kind of everywhere, and it's still a big problem, of course. Um, still a very, uh, you know, excellent piece of ransomware, um, or far impressive, I guess we should say. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's still out there, but a lot of their ransom families have been super active this year as well. So, um, you know, like we were talking about a little bit earlier with Ryuk and whatnot, they kind of burst onto the scene. Well burst back onto the scene, hitting a bunch of hospitals during COVID. They had a, uh, a break, um, the folks behind Ryuk. But anyways, uh, there's been some renewed interest in Revil due to a recent interview in the record um, with someone claiming to be the Revil author. Of course, always hard, hard to verify. And then the most recent thing, which is huge, um, they're ransoming $50 million from Acer, the computer manufacturer. They managed to steal a bunch of financial documents. And so um, some Revil affiliate uh, used the exchange vulnerability that uh, has been discussed uh, so often recently um, and was able to take over um, some files from Acer. Ooh, boy. Yeah, that's another another situation. Obviously, we're keeping an eye on there. Uh, I'll be curious to, to see if other threat actors take advantage of that same vulnerability. Um, oh, they are. <laughs> it's not an if. <laughs> Only when. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, Chad, also before we dive into today's topic, um, centering on Revil, can you speak a little bit about Windows Safe Mode? I haven't thought about Windows Safe Mode personally, I'll say, in a long period of time. Um, I just don't think it helps or hurts to, to brush up on that because it sounds like it's a pretty critical component of this recent attack. Yeah, it's just the opposite of Windows Beast Mode. Um, so... Are there uh, no Skittles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Windows Safe Mode goes back to at least Windows 95, as I'm aware of it. Um, that might be just the first time that I was breaking computers enough to have to use it. 
Um, but the whole purpose is to only load the most essential things necessary to run your computer's operating system. So it's the equivalent of like a hardware troubleshooting step where you remove everything out of the box and you add each component one at a time until you figure out like, oh, it's my graphics card that's busted or whatever. Uh, it's kind of the same concept, but with, you know, libraries and things loading. So almost every major operating system um, implements it these days, you know, Linux, Mac OS, you name it. Um, it's just kind of different how it is implemented. But in this case, the uh, Windows safe mode is yeah just a very stripped down version of windows that runs just the most essential components sometimes networking sometimes not in this case they use the uh windows safe mode with networking now was windows 95 when they had the cast of friends on the box oh gosh i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've never paid for it so no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my brain boots up in safe mode and then then coffee happens and then it's okay for the rest of the things to load. Mm, yeah. Um so I feel real kinship with all safe the anxiety mode. loads after that. All the anxiety. <laughs> Gosh, get out of my head, Chad. I'm so glad anxiety.dll was loaded this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, so how can you set up what's known as an auto run in Windows? And am I understanding correctly that these will run every time you log in essentially without question. Yeah, very active, huge Strava profiles. Um, the that was a terrible joke. You can remove that, but or not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, this is a super common persistence mechanism um, to place something into a registry key um, that will auto load every time you log in. Uh, super, super common. Most chunks of malware that uh, have a Windows persistence mechanism do this. Um, in this case, they've placed a few registry keys around. Um, one is AstraZeneca and the other is Francis Shit, um, which is <laughs> okay. Um, great choices, I guess. Big House um, of Cards fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and these both are used to boot the computer um, into uh, safe mode as well. So it's from what I understood from looking at the um, screenshots that were provided. So Not so safe anymore, this mode. Yeah, uh, danger mode. <laughs> danger mode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this new sample of Rebel that was discovered by Malware Hunter team, how did they find this this fresh new sample and what exactly did they discover? They didn't say exactly how they uh, found it, um, but I would assume it's through regular hunting, you know, virus total, some Yara rules or something, probably just looking for new refill samples that come through, have something that matches well. But um, uh, what's kind of fun here that's new that at least, you know, and I don't spend a lot of time pulling apart refill, so maybe this is, you know, um, people who spend a lot of time on refill will be like, uh, yeah, it's always been that way. But um, the first thing that I noticed that I thought was fun was they were using uh, WinExec, likely to avoid detection um, when they're like launching uh, some of their um, script tools there. So WinExec is a really old, old, like 16-bit Windows um, API call. These days, everyone uses Create Process. Um, so that was kind of an intriguing thing. Um, I just hadn't seen that in a long time. And they're also um, likely booting into safe mode for the similar reason to avoid EDR solutions, um, which I think is uh, sneaky. You know, the EDR solutions obviously won't um, boot uh, or won't come online while in safe mode. So uh, that's pretty useful. They get to avoid anything that would stop them encrypting files that way. Huh. And what what happens then once Autorun launches Revil ransomware on a victim's machine? Yeah, if, so if I was reading it correctly, it looks like it'll hit 
one of those registry keys, uh, which will then set it to reboot into safe mode with networking turned on, um, and then launch the encryption portion after that reboot happens. Um, but again, I was a little confused on those screenshots. I'd have to pull the full part, the sample apart, but that's what it, it looks like it does is it's, um, you know, rebooting into uh, safe mode there uh, once you log in and, and kicking off the encryption portion. Yeah, if I read this article correctly, too, it sort of cleans up its mess after the fact, so it's pretty difficult to notice. Yeah, I believe they're, the files that they take now, they're deleting some of the most essential ones that they then um, try and extort victims with their portal um, a little bit later, which is what's happening to Acer. I guess they took a bunch of financial spreadsheets and documents, um, and that's what's appearing on the uh, dark website for Acer, or for, sorry, for rather for Revol's, um victims. Man, Acer ahead of the times on the dark web. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this Didn't is how rumors start. <laughs> well, I, my final question about this is always really, you know, what's what's the overall impact? And so from the user perspective, after the device is fully encrypted, what does this mean? And really, how, how bad is this? Yeah, you know, uh, Revol's pretty, um, you know, as bad as it can get. You know, it's up there with uh, the other huge ransomware like serious ransomware um, families. So uh, basically it's pay up um, or, you know, rebuild your network. Um, so Revil's, of course, part of the groups that, uh, or some of the affiliates rather, are part of the groups of ransomware operators that um, pull files and try and do, uh, you know, double extortion on people um, where they sell those files online. So, uh, you know, in the case of uh, Revil popped, I think, I think it was five or six months ago now, a big celebrity law firm and they had, you know, all the private files on Nicki Minaj and Matthew McConaughey and all that stuff. So, um, you know, those are the kind of things that come into play is uh, you either pay up or um, you just see a bunch of your private data leaked online. Ah, oh, yes, indeed. The fun of ransomware. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Tim, let's let's head into our hoodie ratings here. What would you score this at? Yeah, you know, it, and it's I'll just say that it's interesting to note that we don't even or like less and less, we're probably going to even use the term double extortion ransomware because that's just becoming de rigueur now in the uh, ransomware world. Why wouldn't you do that if you uh, if you have the ability to encrypt the files? Um, everybody was listening to the advice not to pay the ransom, which is good advice, but uh, it does make that decision a little bit harder when your stuff is about to be marketed online. What I can't tell quite about the from the research they did is how hard this variant is to detect and stop, you know? So um, I'm going to go in the middle and say this is, I'm going to give it five hoodies because I, I, it sounds, you know, certainly it can be nasty if you get hit with it. Uh, I don't know if it's particularly hard to um, to avoid, though, through kind of the standard measures. So I'm going to play it safe and, and go with five hoodies here. Would you agree with that assessment there, Chad? You know, I'm going to do what um, everyone who experiences one of these ransomware events should do, and they should not pay. I'm going to give them zero out of 10 hoodies. They get no hoodies whatsoever <laughs> from me. None for you. No hoodies. <laughs> You must stay cold. Shiver. <laughs> Chad yes. doesn't uh, doesn't exchange hoodies with uh, terrorists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no hoodie negotiation policy. There you go. There you go. 
Oh boy. All right. Well, hey, thanks to both of you for going into such great detail on both of those topics. But are you two ready to to compete in our game, Two Truths and a Lie? Yeah, is it true that this week is full contact, Two Truths and a Lie? Full contact. It's pretty interesting when we're working remotely, but uh, let's just go with yes to find out what happens. I'm scared. Like, are those going to sum up? And then when we're all in the same room, it's just all going to all that's going to happen at once. That's all terrifying. It is. <laughs> all right. Here we go. The internet is a Twitter with steganography. A researcher discloses method of hiding up to three gigabytes inside a Twitter image. All right. That's one. The next is Facebook dislikes when users use the word Memphis and temporarily suspends their accounts due to bug. Finally, CISA sees two minimizing the solar winds incident impact with malicious activity detection tool. I'm just going to come right out and say it, that Memphis is a lie. I don't believe in, I don't believe it's even a place. I, I He's never been there. She's so on principle. It, Anything it with Memphis, just, it doesn't. It's probably, it's probably fake. Yeah. yeah. If I haven't Grace, seen it, Graceland is a lie too. Yeah. Strangely enough. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, you know, you did a good job there of no, no real obvious tells in that. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with the first one a little bit because I think I saw a steganography uh update this week which makes me think that's real but three gigs seems like a pretty impressive amount to be able to hide in an image but who knows it probably just calls back to to something that pulls that down or or something like that so uh you know i'm gonna go with memphis too because uh it just it's bizarre why not but not bizarre loader <laughs> you two are both Correct. Bing, that bing, was bing, the bing. lie. But you know what? It's it was true. It just happened on the tweeters. It did um, happen. Yeah. It's, they were trying to stamp out Memphis like single-handedly. Twitter was Doesn't trying to exist. get rid of a whole town. <laughs> did it work? Is has anybody anybody checked in on Memphis? See if it's still there. <laughs> Is anybody walking there? <laughs> oh. Is anybody gosh. rendezvousing there? Rendezvous. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, but the steganography thing is true. And you're probably right, Tim, about the workaround there. But yeah, supposedly up to three gigabytes wow. inside of a, an image there. So I'll have to look into that. That's really surprising because I know that Twitter does some munging on images when you upload them too. Like they strip XIF data and I think they um, downsample them and stuff. So that's intriguing. Mm, intriguing. I want a steg. I mean, I don't want people to use steganography for evil, but I want somebody to use steganography with a dinosaur image because that is funny and it sounds like a dinosaur. And mm. yes, they they're definitely well. You know, some maybe some uh, ransomware group will have that as a prominent part of their toolkit, and then they'll be the mm -hmm. Stegosaurus gang or something. There you go. That's. I mean, mm. let's get a little bit more creative here, people. I always put, um, you know, I hide my messages in pictures of waffles. That's a stego my ego. <laughs> that is incredible. Has that been memed yet, Chad? 
I I would assume so. I would hope so. Otherwise, I just really don't believe in Twitter anymore. It isn't pancakes, but I think uh, Leslie Carhart still needs to know about that. You need to tweet at Leslie Carhart at Hacks for Pancakes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Can we upgrade to a, a Wookiee? Not today. I was just thinking, how great would it be when your machine turns on that it greets you with a Wookiee noise instead of like, dong, it's like, and you're like, good morning. Well, you know, I had something close to that on my Apple PowerBook 165, <laughs> which was a hot setup in its time. I configured my startup sound to be Han saying, I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> solid 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 uh well it's it's hard to imagine ending on a, a better note than that tim so i just want to thank you all for your your work this week i'm bummed that you sniffed out my deception but um of course we'll be back here next week where one of i can't remember if it's chad or tim next week is up for trying to lie to us listeners but Here's to hoping we can sniff it out. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next week on Breaking Badness. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> that was a good pause there. That was my AOL uh, goodbye I was trying for. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>